0: Welcome to Rockbrook Church Podcast. Today's message is part of a series called Building Your Life on Values That Last. We know that God designed values for us to live by and to give us meaning and purpose in this life. We would love to hear from you and how God is using this message to give you a new perspective and hope. Email your story to church at rockbrook.org. Well, good morning. Good to see you all here today. man! What a great group today. Excited to see you. Look like you've had a fun weekend. Your uh, shoes and socks a little soggy. (laughs) That'll happen. And we've had some rain. Uh, Today we're looking at value three, which is self-control. This is uh, part three of our series, Building Your Life on Values That Last. And with this self-control message and in your small groups this week, we're actually going to be looking specifically and how uh, uh, God helps us learn to control our anger. Uh, it's an area all of us need to deal with in one way or another. You know, self-control is not just for those who blow up in anger. It's also for those who clam up in anger. Uh, you know, uh, most people are either a skunk or a turtle, okay? <laughs> Skunks get angry, they let it rip, everybody knows they're angry, Okay. But there are also turtles, and turtles, they pull into their shell, they, uh, they cower, they clam up, and I've noticed over the years that skunks usually marry turtles, okay? That's because God has a sense of humor, and really, the, the goal of marriage is not to make you happy, okay? The goal of marriage is to make you holy, and that's why God will put you as somebody who's a, you know opposites attract, and then all of a sudden opposites attack, but... The idea is God's trying to give all of us an opportunity to become more Christ-like. And so, you know, uh, uh, being a skunk is no more inappropriate than being a turtle when it comes to your anger. Blowing up when you get angry is is not any more wrong than clamming up when you get angry. Blowing up, clamming up are both inappropriate responses. And God's going to show us a better response than either one of those. But when it comes to anger, in, in society today, anger is on the rise. If you just look at our culture today, our, our culture is it's angrier, it's more profane, uh, violence is on the rise. Half the murders that happen occur between family members. Uh, uh, there are 342 children arrested for violent crimes every day. Children arrested for violent crimes. Uh, you know, people get angry about little things uh, today. Uh, you know, a a busboy shot another busboy in a restaurant because he didn't put the silverware in the dishwasher the right way. Okay? It, it, little things. You know, where's all that anger coming from? Well, it comes from the fact that we live, we live in a fast-paced society. We live in an urban society. We're crammed in here together. We're living on top of each other. We're always on the go. We're burning the cam, uh, candle at both ends. And so we got short fuses, and we tend to be angry with each other. Uh, it's also because there's a lot more irresponsible people in society today. You know, the first value we looked at was responsibility. And when people don't fulfill their responsibility, when they don't do their part, it becomes frustrating and that creates anger. And then our media. Our media plays a role in this day. It saturates us with all kinds of violent behavior by age 18 a kid will have seen 16,000 murders and 200,000 acts of violence on TV 16,000 murders 200,000 acts of violence that doesn't include uh, how many acts of violence they've committed themselves with video games Okay, yeah so I but anger anger is not evil in itself anger is not a sin God gets angry Jesus gets angry. Well, if God and Jesus get angry, obviously it's not a sin to get angry. And when God made you as a human being, He wired you up with the capacity to get angry. So getting angry is not the sin. It's how you express your anger that's the key. And that's what we're going to look at this week you know if you don't learn how to use it wisely uh, it'll destroy you let's look at this first Proverbs 25 28 read this verse out loud with me. we're gonna read a lot of verses out loud today my goal today is to fill your mouth with scripture okay so here we go out loud a person without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls you don't want to be as defenseless as a city with broken down walls but anger used in the correct way it actually becomes an asset and uh, you know there are some things in life that the proper response is to become angry you know when you see uh, somebody being taken advantage of when you see injustice when you see persecution when you see children being harmed you know if you don't get angry about such things means you don't care means you become calloused and apathetic but so God doesn't say don't be angry God just says you got to learn to manage your anger in the right way How do we do that? Seven steps. On your notes, on the screen, on your outline, on the TV. Number one, resolve to control it. Resolve to control it. Quit saying, that's just the way I am. I'm just a hot-headed person. It's just the way I'm wired up. That's just who I am. No, you've got to realize that you you can be different. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so you stop making excuses for being angry and how you deal with it, and you start accepting the responsibility for your anger. And Proverbs 29, 11, out loud together. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Notice the word keeps. It's an act of the will. It's a choice. It's something that you resolve to do. And we have a whole lot more control over our anger uh, than we want to admit. Maybe you've seen this happen to someone, maybe it's happened to you. You get involved in a conversation and the conversation becomes a little heated. And you're trying to make your point and you're raising your voice and you're saying things, words are coming out of your mouth that should not be coming out of your mouth and you are irritated and you are making your point and all of a sudden your phone rings and, hello? (laughs) May I help you? you have a lot more control over your anger uh, than you think you do. And that's why the Bible says that we have to resolve to control it. You've got to get a game plan. You make the decision ahead of time. Before you boil over, you figure out how you're going to turn down the heat. And so you get a strategy, you get a procedure in place, and you decide in advance, okay, God, I'm going to learn how to control my anger. And now why? Why would I resolve it? Because, uh, number two, I realize the cost. Anger comes with a huge price tag. Proverbs twenty nine, twenty two. Let's read this. An angry person causes trouble. A person with a quick temper sins a lot. You know, how many of you would agree that the anger causes trouble? Yeah, Scripture tells us over and over, hot tempers cause arguments. A hot temper shows great foolishness. People with hot tempers do foolish things. You ever seen somebody get angry and do something foolish and embarrass themselves? Remember when I was a kid, I was having a fight with my brother. And uh, I had three brothers, so I had a lot of fights. And I I was trying to make my point, and so I slammed the cupboard door. And when I slammed the door, it bounced back and hit me in the face, okay? And I lost all credibility. I lost the argument. I mean, I just looked like a fool because I was so mad. But there are all kinds of costs involved with uncontrolled anger. Uh, It can cost you a promotion. It can cost you advancement at work. You're never going to rise to the top if you keep blowing your top. Okay? It can cost you your family. Proverbs 11:29, the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. How tragic is that? I mean, if you you always lose when you lose your temper. And you can lose your reputation, you can lose your job, you can lose the love of your husband or spouse, you can lose your kids. I mean, there's a price tag to uncontrolled anger, and it's not worth it. And as parents, we, you know, we can be tempted to use anger to motivate our kids, and in the, it'll work in the short term. That's part of the problem. And you get mad and blow up at the kids, it'll, it'll scare them, and it'll work in the short term. But in the long term, you lose the kid. And, and the end result of anger is resentment it's alienation it creates distance between us and that alienation leads to apathy if you're always angry if they can never please you then eventually they figure i give up i don't care i can't please them i don't care it alienates and leads to apathy and resentment it's a high cost for anger and that's why number three i must learn to restrain my mouth Anger control is mouth control. Let's read this one together. Proverbs 21, 23. If you keep your mouth shut, you will stay out of trouble. One more time on that one. Okay. Refrigerator verse right there, baby. If you keep your mouth shut, you will stay out of trouble. You cannot put your foot in your mouth if your mouth is closed. Okay. And the more we talk, the more we say, the more uh, we say the wrong thing. And in the book of James, we're given a formula for how to control our anger. He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You do the first two. You know, if you, if you open your ears and close your mouth, you got a pretty good shot at controlling your anger. Now, one of the myths about anger is, is that, you know, I've just got this, this reservoir. I've got this bucket of anger inside of me. And when it gets full, I need to empty it out. And then when I empty out my anger, now I can, uh, I, I can be at peace. Now I can find some relief. And, uh, and I'll be better off. I've got to empty my anger, and, and then I'll be okay. Problem is, you don't have a bucket of anger in your heart. You have an anger factory. Okay? And study after study shows that releasing anger only creates more anger. Being aggressive creates an aggressive response and you get into this cycle of aggression. Being loud and angry creates anger back at you. And the problem is you don't have a bucket of anger, you have a geyser. You have a geyser, an unlimited supply of anger. And that's why you've got to learn to restrain your mouth. How do you do that? Step four. These seven steps—they just all line up, and they're all part of the process. Number four: uh, you reflect before reacting. Proverbs twenty-nine, eleven. Let's read this one. A rebel shouts in anger; a wise man holds his temper in and cools it. Do You know, cool it is a biblical expression. <laughs> when you get angry, God says, "Cool it, cool it." Uh, you know, now delay can be a tremendous remedy for anger. The problem is, is you can't delay indefinitely. You know, the skunk lets it fly too soon, the turtle holds it in too long. Because if you got an issue with somebody, you got to deal with it. you got to deal with it. And anger delayed indefinitely becomes bitterness. And bitterness is worse than anger. Because anger is, isn't always a sin. Bitterness is. You know, turtles you turtles you need to work extra hard to guard against bitterness you can't just hold your anger in you have got to deal with it okay now if you if you skunks respond impulsively it, it, you know you're going to respond in anger but as a turtle if you hold on to it too long it turns into bitterness and so you wait you let it cool and notice you know you don't you don't speak out when it's hot you know it's not it's not hot And you don't hold it so long that it becomes frozen, okay? Frozen anger becomes bitterness. Frozen rage uh, can be damaging uh, to you and to your relationships. So you don't do it when you're hot. You don't do it when you're frozen. You do it when you're cool. Not too hot, not too cold. Just right, okay? Remember that? Yeah. I think that's Goldilocks. Is that Goldilocks? Okay, I get her mixed up with that one with the red cape and the wolf, but you want it just right and that takes wisdom it takes wisdom so what do you do while you hold on to it well you reflect and you ask yourself three questions you ask why am i angry what do i really want and how do i get it because blowing up or clamming up is rarely the way to get what you want so you want to ask why am i angry And anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is the warning light. Uh, It's it's the the siren that goes off that warns you that there's something wrong. But but there's something behind the anger. There's another emotion behind it. And the three basic reasons for anger are hurt, frustration, and fear. And so you want to ask yourself, okay, I'm angry, so am I hurt? Am I frustrated? Am I afraid? And those are the primary uh, sources of anger, and you want to deal with those. You want to deal with the source. You know, when we get wounded, when we get hurt, we get angry. When we get hurt, when we get hurt physically, we, we can respond in anger. You know, you get up in the middle of the night and stub your toe, what's your response? You know, you hit your thumb with a hammer, what's your response? I mean, it's, oh, my, I'm grieved in my spirit. <laughs> no no you get physically hurt you know there, there's an anger that's a response you get emotionally hurt there's an anger that comes out and, and that's important to understand in our relationships especially if you're married especially in the parent-child relationship you know a lot of times when, when someone is angry it's just because they're hurt you know if, if you go to somebody and say I am so angry with you well, what kind of response do you get back? The walls go up, they become defensive. But if you go to somebody and say, man, I am just so hurt. Well, we're, we're much more sympathetic to somebody who's hurt than we are to somebody who's angry. You know, if somebody's angry, we just tell them, you need to get over it. If somebody's hurt, how can I help you? There's a difference. And so when you, when you, you need to identify, you identify the hurt, and then you deal with the hurt, not just spew the anger. Uh, frustration frustration causes anger when we have to wait longer than we think we should when something is out of our control and it seems unreasonable or we don't understand it when when it seems impossible like we're not going to be able to do it when things don't go as planned we get frustrated we get angry you know you try every single night to get the kids in bed by nine o'clock and it just doesn't happen I mean, it's every night. It's 9 o'clock. They're still up. They're still fooling around. They're still horsing around. They won't do what you tell them. They won't put stuff away. They won't go upstairs. They won't get to bed, get to bed, get to bed! (laughs) Did you hear me? (laughs) Frustration. Frustration leads to anger. And if you understand the source of the frustration, you can communicate the frustration and it makes it easier to eliminate the anger and avoid the frustration. Fear. We get angry when we're afraid. And the more insecure a person is, the harder time they have controlling their temper. You see an angry person, most often it's a scared person. And I think that's why there's so much anger in our culture today, because people are so spiritually insecure. They're insecure in who they are, they're insecure in their identity, they're insecure in their behavior, they're insecure about their future. I mean, the planet's gonna explode, we're all gonna die, everybody hates me because who I think I am, and we're just so insecure, and there's just all this anger that comes out over little things. People who are self-secure in Christ, People who have a confidence in where they stand with God, they're not as likely to be angry at all these things. But when we're insecure, we feel threatened, and we become angry. Now, it's an emotion. It's an emotion that God has given you, and it's appropriate at certain times. And in fact, its 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 purpose is to alert you to the fact that you're hurt, the fact that you're frustrated, the fact that you're afraid. So you can deal with the real causes. And that's step number five. I've got to release my anger appropriately. I release it appropriately. Ephesians 4.26, let's read this. If you become angry, don't let your anger lead you into sin. Okay, there's a way to be angry and not sin. You know, there's an appropriate and inappropriate ways to get angry. Helpful ways and hurtful ways. Ways that work, ways that don't. Right ways, wrong ways. It's all how you deal with it. And so I'm going to give you three ways not to deal uh, with your anger. First, don't suppress your anger. Don't just store it up inside. You know, When you swallow your anger, your stomach keeps score. You know, you, if you don't talk it out, you'll take it out on your body. And you'll take it out on your back and your headaches and your joints. And you, you can't suppress your anger. Uh, you don't repress it. You know, when you repress it, that's when you deny it. You know, are you angry? Are you upset? No, really, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Well, that's denial. That's denial. And you're repressing your anger. And repression leads to depression. Depression you know people say I'm so depressed well they're not really depressed they're angry they have anger in their life that they have not dealt with and if you're angry at your wife or husband parents or boss if you're angry and you think well I can't express it because you know I'm a Christian so you just freeze it and you hold on to it and it becomes frozen anger frozen rage and that leads to depression You know, you deny you're angry. uh, Actually, what you're doing is is you're lying. You're being dishonest about it. And God doesn't want you to be dishonest about your anger. He wants you to be open and honest about your anger. And we see great examples of that in the Psalms. David was a master at just being honest about his anger. I mean, he just, you know, you read through the Psalms, and David's just like, God, life stinks. Everybody hates me. My enemies are against me. I think you've abandoned me. I mean, he just, he just opens up and shares about it. And what's awesome in those Psalms, as you read through those, is that as David does that, as he doesn't repress it, as he, as he is, just deals with it honestly, he comes to the conclusion, you know what, God, you're the only one who can help me. You're the one who can, who can get me out of this. You're the one I need to depend on and trust in. And after he gets it out, David winds up in a much better place. But you've got to express it correctly. Number three, you don't express it in inappropriate ways. You know, some of you have a Ph.D. in pouting, okay? You know, you get angry, and, man, your lip just sticks out there five inches, and everybody's got to walk on eggshells and, and uh, just uh, treat you so, so cautiously. Some of you are you're sarcastic. You get angry, and you whip out that sharp tongue and make some cold cuts. And uh, the problem with a sharp tongue is you can cut your own throat with it. And the sarcasm, uh, it comes back to haunt you. You may feel good. You may think you're witty at the time. But you are destroying your relationships. And you're hurting people with your words. Uh, some of uh, you become manipulators. And you know, you don't get mad. You get even. And you begin to connive. And you begin to figure out a way uh, that you're going you're to get even on this deal. And, and some of us, we just do foolish things. We do things that do not make any sense. Some people get drunk, some people have affairs, some people overeat, some people shoplift. I mean, just all kinds of dumb and stupid things that we do because anger makes you senseless. And anger is contagious. That's a really bad one. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul you know when people get angry and shout in your face what do you do you shout back somebody gets loud you get louder dad comes home and yells at mom and mom scolds the older brother and the older brother hits the little sister and the sister kicks the dog and the dog bites the baby and the baby breaks the head off the barbie I mean there's just this cycle of anger that's that's going around because it's contagious you know, in, in this verse, you know, it's got the word learn. How you express your anger is a learned behavior. You learned to be a powder. You learned to be a martyr. You learned to be a maniac. You, you learned to be an exploder. And, it, and the good news about that is, is if you can learn it, you can unlearn it. You know, if you learned it, you can unlearn it. You don't have to go through the rest of your life being sarcastic. You don't have to go through the rest of your life as a maniac. You, you, you can learn to express anger appropriately. The bottom line is, it's your choice. You resolve to deal with this. And when you make the choice, God says, I'll come alongside of you, and I'll give you the power, I'll give you the help that you need to change. And maybe you grew up in a home where you were the, 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 the anger was inappropriately focused on you, and it hurt you and it hurt you a lot do not do that to your kids do not do that to your kids break that cycle you can change with God's help and this week as you're going through your small groups dig into this, take it seriously, open yourself up to it resolve to control it, realize the cost restrain your mouth, reflect before reacting release your anger in appropriate ways and number six you make the decision. And this is the decision I want us to make during this campaign. We're just going to resolve that we are going to return good for evil. That's the game changer. Booker T. Washington said, I will never let another man control my life by making me hate him. I'll never let another man control my life by making me hate him. And we see so much of that in our culture today. There's just so much hate And we're letting what what we're doing is we're saying, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you control my emotions. I'm gonna let you control my life. You when you say you make me mad, you have relinquished control of your emotions to another person. And the Bible says that the way you show that you are in control of a situation is you return good for evil. It's easy to retaliate. You know, it, it's, it's easy to get even. You know, when you get even, all you got to do is just sink to their level. God says, I don't want you to sink to their level. I want you to overcome. I want you to rise above. I want to put you in a higher position. Romans 12 says, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. Overcome evil with good because you're going to be hurt in life, you're going to be disappointed, you're going to be frustrated, people are going to do bad things to you. And you can either spend your time, energy, and resources trying to get even, or you can spend your time, energy, and resources overcoming and rising above. And you just say, God says vengeance is mine, I will repay. So you let God settle the score. You know, who, when it comes to settling the score, who can do a better job of it, you or God? You know, who has more resources? Who has more insight? Who, who has uh, more opportunity at their disposal, you or God? Well, obviously God does. And so God says, let, let me handle the vengeance part. I'll take care of that. You respond by overcoming evil with good. Now, all these steps are helpful. But unless you get a power beyond yourself, you can't do them. I mean, it's one thing to say, I'm going to manage my mouth. But in and of yourself, you, you don't have the power to tame the tongue. The, the tongue is uncontrollable from a human standpoint. And that's why the seventh key is the one that ties it all together. And that's where you request God's help. You request God's help. Psalm 141.3. Let's read this out loud together. Lord help me control my tongue help me be careful about what I say Lord help me help me I mean how does God manage our mouth and control our anger well God has the ability to go right to the source right to the root cause of it all Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty four. he said whatever is in your heart determines what you say jesus identifies the root cause he says it comes out of the heart it's not my mouth that gets me in trouble it's my heart it's not what i say it's it's what i believe it's what i feel it's what i'm committed to in my heart whatever's inside of you that's what comes out you know when the world just presses in on you with, with hurt and frustration and fear what comes out well they squeeze you and what comes out is what's inside and if what's inside is is irritation guess what comes out? Whatever's in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. And you can't clean up the well simply by painting the pump. If the water's contaminated, you've got to deal with it at the source. And the source, the source is not my mouth, the source is my heart. Jesus explained the Freudian slip before Freud even knew there was a slip. Okay? Jesus said, you know, my My words demonstrate my heart's condition. And so a harsh tongue demonstrates an angry heart. A boastful mouth demonstrates an insecure heart. A talkative mouth demonstrates an unsettled heart. A judgmental mouth demonstrates a guilty heart. A critical spirit demonstrates a bitter heart. Now on the other hand, encouraging words demonstrate a happy heart gentle words demonstrate a loving heart kind words comforting words demonstrate a heart at peace you know what you say shows what you're like on the inside and when God changes us he doesn't just paint the pump he gives us a new clean heart that's your memory verse for this week David prayed create in me a clean heart O God You know, all the self-help books in the world can't do that for you. All the anger management classes in the world can't do that. All the therapy in the world can't give you a new heart. Only God can. God can give you a new attitude. He can change your heart. And Jesus says, you open up your heart to me, you open up your anger to me, I'll deal with the root. He says, you're angry because you're hurt? He goes, I'll heal your wounds. I'll bind up your wounds. I'll take care of your hurts. He says, you're angry because you're frustrated. Because says, let, let me lead you through some peaceful valleys. Let me satisfy your heart's desire with good things. We say, oh man, I'm, I'm just so angry because I'm afraid. Jesus says, let me give you a peace that passes understanding. Let me calm your fears. You open up your heart to Christ and trust Him. You don't have to be angry anymore. Let's pray together. Maybe today you just feel like God is just he's been talking directly to you on this. You may be a mute, a martyr, a maniac, you may be a skunk or a turtle. And God is saying, "Just let me let me do a little heart surgery on you right now. Just give me your heart and I'll exchange your hurt, frustration and fear for my healing, for my peace, for my love." Would you just pray this prayer in your mind? Just say, Jesus Christ, I I need you in my life. I need you to to heal me, to, to satisfy me, to give me your peace. God, I want the peace of Christ to rule in my heart. I thank you for the hope of change that I have as I yield my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.